flipping through these uh, team previews. Got another one for you today on Brick House, Brooklyn Nets, brought to you by Bob Johnson. And I'm Matt Baker. <laughs> you can find us at BrickHousePodcast.com. You can email us through there. Rate and review us on iTunes if you if you have a second. It doesn't take very long. Find us at BrickHousePod or at Hey, It's Matt Baker on Twitter. We have the Brooklyn Nets' fifth worst team as opposed to last worst worst team always. Yeah, they're not used to such high praise on this podcast. We had to... We had to keep it fresh. We had to throw you all for a loop. Got some roast jokes for us, Bob. The The internet really wants to hear you roast up some Nets. Sizzle them. I'm glad you asked. I do. Here we go. Chris Christie recently commented on the plight of the club saying, I told you it's impossible to wash off that Jersey stink. <laughs> Mikhail Prokhorov's looking to sell 49% of the Nets. Donald Trump is rumored to be interested because he can't just have one job where a rich Russian has the final say. <laughs> uh, the media has been spinning the Mozgov trade all wrong. The Nets didn't just take on his salary so they could have D'Angelo Russell. Actually, they took on Russell's salary so Prokhorov could have a dream team of henchmen. <laughs> yeah. I think Sean Mark's spirit animal is Wormtail from Harry Potter. They could be cousins. Roasted. <laughs> How many Brooklyn Nets players does it take to screw in a light bulb, Bob? How many? Sorry, all the light bulbs have been traded to Boston. <laughs> Why did the chicken cross the road in front of the Barclays Center? Sorry, the road has been traded to Boston. <laughs> I was thinking about just a run of all Bring it back. All jokes. Sorry, they've been traded to Boston. Amazing. Let's tell our listeners about some other changes. This was an off-season of trades for Brooklyn. No free agent signings. They keep swinging and whiffing on restricted free agents, so they decided to get creative. Uh, they lost Randy, Flo Randy Foy into the void of NBA free agency, and he has not been signed. They also declined the team option on K.J. McDaniels. K.J. McDaniels, by the way, has had an interesting NBA career. Because remember that like month of the season a few seasons ago where it looked like he might be a serviceable NBA contributor? Well, Sam Hinkie and Daryl Morey liked him, so we could only assume he was going to be good. Yeah, and he's just kind of floated around from team to team since then. They drafted Jarrett Allen with a 22nd pick. Where is he from? He's from Texas. Is he good? They at one time talked about him as maybe lottery or lottery adjacent okay but he fell to the 22nd pick so they made three trades we'll break them down for you the first trade they made and the one that shocked everyone grabbed the headlines was acquiring d'angelo russell and mozgov in exchange for brooke lopez and the rights to kyle kuzma which i like they they had no chance to get youth because of all the Boston trades and all the restricted free agency declines. So if you're going to get a player the quality of D'Angelo Russell and you have to take back Mozgov if you're the Nets, I'm probably doing it. Yeah. They followed that up with a deal to take on Damari Carroll from the Raptors. They got Damari Carroll and a lottery-protected first-rounder next year, which they'll get because the Raptors will be in the playoffs, and a second-round pick next year. Then they... Traded for Alan Crabb, who they unsuccessfully got, unsuccessfully tried to get as a restricted free agent last year, and they shipped off Andrew Nicholson. It was promptly cut. Promptly stretched cut by the Blazers. Yeah, again, you have the salary space. This is the guy you wanted. 
the Nets taking on Allen Crabs saved the Blazers like $45 million in luxury tax. Yeah. I wonder who initiated it. If it was the Blazers, it's O'Shea, right? Neil O'Shea? Oh, yeah. If Neil O'Shea went to Brooklyn and said, listen, you guys wanted him last year, just whatever you want to send back. Or if the Nets, if Sean Marks saw that that the Blazers are going to pay a boatload of luxury tax for a pretty average basketball team. Right. If he went to them and said, we want a crab, just send him over. We'll take him and save you a bunch of money. So I wonder who was the one that... I think Olshay has been on the phone since last season when he made the most expensive roster for a 41-win yeah. team. When he, there's a, did you ever watch the television show, show Scrubs, Bob? Scrubs, I've seen it. There's a, a part in the show early on where J.D., the main character, is really obsessed with winning Elliot over. He really wants to win her over. Finally, he does it, and the instant she says, well, Dr. Dorian, I'm, I'm yours, inner monologue flips on, he goes, realizes he doesn't want her anymore, and he just goes, uh-oh. So I think that's what <laughs> happened with Alan Crabb. They're stuck with him. The depth chart, the starting lineup here, and now, the starting lineup for your Brooklyn Nets! Do, you, do, we think, so do we think the backcourt is D'Angelo, Russell, and Alan Crabb? Or do we think it's Lynn and Russell? What do we think? I think Lynn, Russell, and Crabb have to make the starting lineup so on they're this the, team. So they just play three guards, basically. They're the three best players on yeah. the team. Right, and then Rondé, Hollis, Jefferson, and Mozgov. Some collection of that. This is an interesting team full of a lot of nobody taller than 6'9". You know what I yeah. mean? So it's a, it's Except a, for 9-foot-tall Mozgov. Right, but he's he's basically the only one. And Jared Allen, I think, is 6'10", 6'11", somewhere. Yeah. But other than that, they have... Russell's 6'5", Crabb's 6'6", Carroll's 6'7", Hollis Jefferson's 6'7", Booker's 6'8", Karis Levert's 6'7". So they have a ton of players right in that zone. So they're they're looking like they're going to go a small four with a big lumbery goofball. Is it fair to say Sean Marks treats rebounds like Billy King treats draft picks and that who needs them? <laughs> who needs it? A, yeah, you got to have your thing, I guess. Well, if all of these players were trapped on a deserted island, who would be the first one voted off and who would survive? First, the big Russian gets a $64 million deal from former Lakers management Tommy Boy and David Spade, and then he wins the game of Survivor against his teammates. Mozgov. Yeah. Of course. Easy call on who's first voted off, too. D'Angelo Russell. He should be a good fit in Brooklyn, though. That city is filled with people who think they're way cooler than everyone else. Uh, I will mirror your loser first off, D'Angelo. Yeah. Yeah. Winner, Trevor Booker. Reoccurring theme early on for me is I like the grinders and I like the, the action men. Vegas has the over-under set at 20 and a half for the Brooklyn 20 Nets. and a half. Wow. 20.5. I don't know if that's going to get Jeremy Lin into the playoffs. I'm going over. Yeah. Do we know what they finished? They finished with 20 last year. Just 20 wins? Just okay. 20. And, and I think they won like eight of them in the last 20 games or so, too. Yeah, they might have. Just on the strength of Russell, adding Russell, Crabb, and Carroll, that's got to give you at least one win more, right, than last year. So it might be a slight over. 
our next segment, Five Stars, where we rank things that uh, Brooklyn is famous for and tell you whether they deserve one to five stars. Let's start with gentrification. Ooh. It's tough that rents skyrocket and people who have lived in neighborhoods for generations are forced to move, but craft beer and pretentious brunch menu items do have their pleasantries. <laughs> Three stars. Wow, I... I had dirty Brooklyn hipster gentrifiers, too, as one of them. <laughs> and I just said one star because they're star. dirty. Yeah, but have you had the perfect Eggs Benedict? You know, that's something I would wait in line for for two hours <laughs> to get, Bob. Um, you fit right in. Yeah. How about Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier in Brooklyn? Okay, well, that was it feels like yesterday. Yeah. Remember <laughs> that? We went to that yesterday? Oh, five stars, of course, Bob. I wouldn't yeah. dare... Not say five. 42 stars. Whoa, I like what you did. I ranked uh, fixed gear bicycles or fixies. Is that a thing? Fixed gear bicycles. Yeah, that you've never seen these bicycles. Hipsters love them. They don't have any brakes. There's only one gear. They're super skinny. They're in no way designed for the potholes and streets of uh, city living. So you just fly right into traffic. They're, they're like kamikaze pilots. You have to be crazy to, to ride them. They're also uncomfortable. There's no brakes. And people are driving these in New York City. Yeah. The reason I'm not giving it one star is because they get an extra point for population control. <laughs> Two stars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. My last one, a man born in Brooklyn, Mel Brooks. Ooh. Mel Brooks. I'm giving Mel Brooks five stars. He basically cornered the market on a certain form of comedy oh, for yeah. quite a while. And Pioneer. that is... Yeah, that's a that's a five star review in my book. I also brought the movie Biz into it with the movie Brooklyn. I don't watch a lot of love stories, but I enjoyed this one. The two actors were quite charming. Mm -hmm. And Sorce Ronan, Sorsha Ronan, is that her name? Very pretty too. And when they're talking about something other than the Yankees, the Brooklyn accent is pretty cool. Let's be honest, though, no one has ever or will ever see this movie twice. Three stars. Oh wow! Backhanded compliment. The Oscars need seven or eight movies to nominate for Best Picture. And it feels that's, like it should be one. That's the eighth. Yeah. You know. yeah, yeah, yeah. On the next episode of Brick House. This next team is not used to being in the lottery, and they act like they hate being there. But secretly, I think they're building a team through the draft. They're just not saying anything. Hinky really changed how teams will get about tanking, you know, how open they'll be about mm -hmm. it kind of like marriage you know in the 50s if you had a bad marriage a lot of people would just keep their mouth shut and put up with it for 60 years <laughs> like a like a real man yeah nowadays people will get divorced just so they can plan another wedding i don't know where i was going with that but tune into the next episode and maybe i'll i'll finish that analogy somehow